Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Folks, every Tuesday at this time, we set aside some time to visit with NOLA coalition uh, members, uh, difference makers in our community, folks that are down in the trenches working hard each and every day trying to make a difference uh, to ensure that we have a safe place to live, work, and raise our family, and that our kids are being educated and being given opportunities to excel. And it's really been a rewarding thing for me over the past several months. So many things that I've learned about the city of New Orleans, our communities, our neighborhoods, and how many difference makers we truly have. And I often wonder what would happen if we didn't have these folks. They really backfill a number of services that government just simply cannot provide. We are blessed with a very strong, proactive, um, thinking out of the box, not for profit community, and we should thank them all. And today's Giving Tuesday, and it's one way to show our appreciation for what they do. And joining us today is Lindsay Cross, Director of New Orleans Programming at Generation Hope. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. So, Lindsay, uh, tell us about uh, Generation Hope. Generation Hope is a nonprofit. We are new to New Orleans. We launched in July of 2023 with our first cohort of 25 scholars. Our scholars are young parents in college. All of them became parents as teenagers and are now working toward either a two-year degree Um, an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. And we are trying to surround them with as much support as we can to help them get to that graduation stage. So we do that through case management, um, tuition assistance, and uh, through mentorship. And we know that that sector of the community um, uh, touches all socioeconomic groups, all races. And what we do know what's consistent throughout that is they don't have much flexibility, right? Uh, the scholars don't have much flexibility. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're young adults. It's hard to hold this together. Absolutely. Yeah. There are very real barriers in place um, that make, you know, make earning a college degree difficult for anyone, particularly uh, first generation. But then when we add to that, um, you know, being a full-time parent, that is, that is an extra challenge. Absolutely. Now you said that, the first cohort, what what drew y'all to New Orleans? Yeah, so Generation Hope has been in existence since 2010. Uh, the organization was founded by a former teen mom who went to the College of William & Mary with her infant daughter in tow. Um, and so she founded the organization really to make, uh, you know, she found that she had to make a way out of no way in order to get her and her daughter what they needed. And she wanted to see more young people succeed with lots, lots more support. So uh, Generation Hope chose New Orleans as our first expansion site. 
um, really for two major reasons. One, just being the need. So knowing that New Orleans is the third highest in teen pregnancy rates, that was, you know, a huge call for the organization. And then two, knowing that there's a, you know, really big community of higher ed here with multiple colleges and universities. Um, it was kind of the confluence of those two things that made it a really good uh, opportunity for expansion. What has been uh, the experience of uh, Generation Hope in, 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 I don't want to say success rate, but I mean, in, in mm-hmm. how many um, scholars actually entered the program and, and were actually able to uh, accomplish what they set out to accomplish? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, so we have 25 scholars here in New Orleans this year. And we've got 175 um, in our D.C. region. There have been over the years 142 teen parents that have um, have gone through the scholar program. And so you can tell like we're now at a point of really, really big expansion. Um, and we've got some good results. So one of the statistics that really fuels um, our fire as an organization is that only 2% of teen moms graduate from college by the age of 30. And we have uh, multiplied that eightfold in our program. So our single moms in our program are graduating at more than eight times than the national average. Um, 61% of our scholars are earning a degree within six years, which is um, above the national average for all students, not just parenting. Um, and we've got pretty strong retention rate also. So 86% of our scholars uh, are retained in our program and stay in school year over year. Yeah, you're talking to an 11-year guy here, part-time at night, 11 years. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, we've, it, we've had a few who have gone a, pretty close to that, yeah. And I, I wasn't taking care of anyone. I was hardly taking care of myself. <laughs> you know, like, sure, <laughs> sure. But, you know, but but obviously it it is a challenge. Uh, these things happen. I mean, we can talk around the issue or we can talk right to the issue. And oftentimes I think we spend more time talking around issues, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What has yeah, been and- – um, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, obviously, in getting through in six years is quite the accomplishment. What has been the reaction that you see day to day of the scholars that are participating? They are super hardworking and super dedicated. So they they have been super proactive also in reaching out for support. So. Um, the, the different kind of within that case management arm of support, there's a lot that we are offering. Um, so we do, you know, crisis management, we do emergency funding, um, we do academic success support. And I would say that this first group of scholars we have has made our jobs easy in that when they need something, they tell us. They're really good about communicating with us and letting us know, hey, my child care fell through and I'm going to need support with that. Um, hey, all of a sudden I don't have transportation and that's going to be a real issue for me, getting my kids to school, getting myself to school, getting myself to my job. So I think in this first year, their, their ability to be really proactive and be um, like loop us into problem solving with, with them has really helped us get, get our like arms around them so that we can give them the support what they need. Lindsay, how, how cooperative and how willing have the uh, universities here been uh, in participating with your program? 
They've been great. So the majority of our scholars are two-year students, and the majority of them are at Delgado. And we've been super lucky to have a ton of support from their vice chancellor of student affairs, Tamika Duplessis. Um, she's been a huge, huge supporter of ours. And then also their Opportunity Youth Initiative Program. We've got several scholars in there. Um, and I think we have a real opportunity this year to get even more scholars who are current college students into our program. This past year, a lot of our recruits came from high school. So they were like just about to graduate from high school or they had graduated within the last year and were looking to get back into school. And this year we'd really like to get even more traction and more connection in those higher ed spaces because we know that campuses across the city have lots of parenting students and we'd love to make sure they know about this opportunity. No, absolutely. And, and y'all's interaction with NOLA Coalition, I know y'all have just been here since July of 2023, so you're really new to the area, has been what? Yes. Um, so we actually just are kind of just started that connection. Um, I got to speak with them. Uh, well, our, our CEO was in town a couple of weeks ago and got to meet with GNO Inc. and talk with them a little bit about the coalition. So we are we are sort of just now embarking um in that partnership is this have y'all experienced something similar to G, this coalition in the washington area where you've been for a number of years you know that is a good question i i would imagine there have been um opportunities like that just because you know we've got multiples of those here in new orleans also we're working with the um youth quality program initiative with the New Orleans Youth Alliance. And then we're also working with um, the College and Career Attainment Network through Cowan. And so I think that the D.C. Um, region has had similar, you know, networking and coalition building opportunities. So what is the vision of uh, Generation Hope in, in this New Orleans chapter, so to speak? How, how big of a program do y'all hope to become? That's a great question. We are at 25 now, and we will be expanding by about 10 scholars each year until fiscal year 2030, which is when we'll hit the number of 75. So in total, we will serve 75 scholars um, each year moving on. Now, for some, that number doesn't sound that large, but it actually is mm -hmm. because of the wraparound services that y'all provide, right? Yes, that's correct. I mean, when you think about uh, it, it could be a mental health component. It could be uh, children that have uh, learning disabilities, not the scholars, but their kids. Um, maybe even some of the scholars have, uh, you know, uh, issues of ADD, ADHD, um, uh, dysgraphia, whatever it may be. Um, and when you start thinking about all of those uh, characteristics, uh, it can be. Uh, quite a task when you have 75 folks in your program. Absolutely. And I think when you think about we're serving those 75 scholars, but then we're also serving their children. So yeah. this year we've got 25 scholars in our program, but we're also serving the 29 children of those 25 scholars. And so, and, and then on the other side, we've got their sponsors. So we really do manage that relationship between the sponsor, which is, you know, a synonym for us for mentor um, and that scholar. So really in total, you know, the organization will be supporting 150, you know, young adults and adults plus those, you know, 75 plus children. Now we spent time focusing on the scholar. Let's talk about the mm -hmm. children. 
um, yeah. I got to imagine that their propensity for success has gone up tenfold. Absolutely. So we are going to be within the next two years starting another program within the program called Next Gen Generation Academy. And the goal of that is to really help ensure all of our scholars' children are kindergarten ready. So there are a number of assessments and interventions that we provide as an organization, um, as well as a monthly stipend to that scholar family so that they can either afford, you know, a higher quality childcare experience, get their kids involved in some extracurricular activities, some martial arts, some ballet, um, so that they have more exposure and more social readiness for kindergarten. Um, but yes, even those who are not in that next gen academy, by virtue of their families having a college degree, we know that their life outcomes improve dramatically. Um, their likelihood to be, you know, move out of poverty increases. Their likelihood of earning a college degree themselves increases, and so on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's some of the simple things that uh, goes along with the parenting. That's what I, I love. When I read about the, your program, uh, the services of uh, career readiness support as well as, um, you know, the, the mentoring side of it and emergency mm -hmm. funds available. I mean, everybody hits these, um, these barriers, these hurdles. Some hurdles are higher than others. Uh, and sometimes it could be a de minimis amount of money, but just have this incredible impact because it's all about the timeliness mm -hmm. or the access to the fund, right? Uh, that can yes. set this a whole plan astray in a matter of days. Yeah. I mean, most yeah. a lot of folks don't realize that, right? I mean, um, unless you have certain life experiences that you're exposed to that situation, you really can't comprehend how how that could happen. Oh yeah, yeah. One one major financial setback can have really long lasting. Um, effects, and that's why we really try to integrate all the different types of support we offer. So that's why we offer that, you know, that emergency funding, because if you, you know, you can't make rent one month, that, wow, that can really throw your life into turmoil. Um, and, you know, of course, it makes going to school hard, but it also makes parenting hard. It makes getting to your day to day hard. And so our goal is really to try to be there for whatever you know, big setback a scholar may face during their time with us so that we can help them navigate around it, through it, over it, and get them what they need. If a scholar has an interest in participating, where would they go? That's a great question. So our application for scholars is open currently. They can go to generationhope.org and look at our programs and find the NOLA Scholar Program and apply there. Um, the application takes probably around 30 minutes, um, and then there is a writing component that we ask scholars, scholar applicants to submit. Um, they're welcome to have, you know, someone on campus review that if they'd like to. They're welcome to have, you know, a teacher or advisor, um, you know, give them feedback before submitting that. And then from there, we do um, a one-hour interview, and that's virtual, and then um, we would make a decision from, from that point. And if there are folks that are interested in helping y'all with this initiative, would they go to the same yes. generationhope.org? Great question. Yes, generationhope.org. And, you know, today is Giving Tuesday, and our, our real focus for Giving Tuesday is we are trying to raise $15,000 for what we call our mentor subsidy fund. 
So our scholars are matched with a mentor. The reason we call a mentor a sponsor is because they are actually sponsoring that young person's scholarship. So our mentors are either paying $1,200 a year or $2,400 a year to directly fund their mentee scholarship. And we know that there are lots of really great mentors out there with really big hearts who can give their time but not necessarily give their treasure. And so we're trying to raise enough funds that we can bring any mentor who's interested and has that time to give what regardless of whether they can give the the subsidy we want to be able to make that happen so that's what we're raising funds for today um, and it is generationhope.org and then get involved well best of luck uh to you lindsay and thank you so much for what your organization does and welcome to the city of new orleans um, uh, are you from here i have been here for about nine years Oh, okay. So you're a New, you're a yeah. New Orleans. So I'm, I'm not new to New Orleans, but yes, Generation Hope is new to New Orleans. But still, thank you. I appreciate the welcome. Um, and I just appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us and best of luck to you and the growth of your program. And we uh, will keep everyone involved in our thoughts and prayers. Thank you so much. Take care. Lindsay. Lindsay Cross, Director of New Orleans Programming at Generation Hope. Uh, if you're thinking about today on Giving Tuesday, generationhope.org. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Yesterday was a good day. It was a good day because... The criminal justice system actually worked, and there was justice delivered for the killing and the dragging death of 73-year-old Linda Fricky, and that crime horrified the city. Uh, it became, uh, unfortunately, the spotlight for violence here because of the horrific nature of the incident. A lot of pressure being put on a lot, a lot of members of the criminal justice system to do the right thing, to charge these individuals. They were four juvenile defendants that should have been charged as adults. Ultimately, they were, three of whom pled guilty and received sentences of 20 years in prison. 
for attempted manslaughter. The driver, John Honore, also the individual who pepper sprayed Linda Fricke and beat Linda Fricke before dragging Linda Fricke the length of two football fields, did not plead guilty, but went into court and basically said, and the attorney, and I mean, I don't blame the attorney, that's what he's hired to do, that this individual didn't deserve to be put away for life. Thankfully, the jury disagreed. They understood the horrific nature of what was there, and, and there's no one, as the DA pointed out, and he was appropriate in, in saying what he said, no one that's touched this case will ever be the same. That's yet another tragedy. There are a lot of innocent people that have touched this case that will not view life ever the same way ever again. The innocence is gone. But this is a reality of how we have to deal with this, to send a message across this community that we will take care of business. We will do what's necessary to hold people accountable, no matter their age, for the horrific crimes that they involve themselves in. The Fricky family has had to go through much during this process to relive that moment, to relive that day, to relive minute by minute, horrific act by horrific act, to get this to this point to ensure that there's justice for the taking of her life. So it was a good day yesterday for members of our community as it relates to accountability. It continues to be a sad day that we have young folks that are out there engaging in this criminal behavior and criminality like this, where they have no concept of life and how this works, how an ordered and structured society works. Why would you want to do this? What are you going to gain? An automobile? A few bucks? Where do we think this is going to go? Are we superpowers where we're not going to get caught? And we're willing to risk our freedom? For the sake of what? What are we doing? That's the sad part about this whole thing is that we have folks that are engaged in this kind of criminality and conduct, even petty crimes each and every day, risking everything, risking their freedom for what? It's not as though someone's not feeding them. It's not as though someone's not providing for them. Why do they go to this extent? It was a good day and it was a sad day. And as we continue uh, to deal with this, these issues, so many juveniles being shot. Five people shot, one dead yesterday in the 7th Ward. Fifty shots fired. Fifty. 
just yesterday on the streets of our city. There were at least 60 evidence markers, according to the NOLA.com article, floating around. Gunshot wounds on all kinds of folks. Our community having to pay the price there at UMC, the former charity, as these folks are rolling in one after one after one over and over and over again. And we continue to have to deal uh, with these issues. It's going to be interesting. I pointed out uh, how close in numbers we are. Uh, People are upset in D.C. They have twice the population, and yet we're just about a dozen or so murders away from where they are, a two- or three-year high in in Washington, D.C., We don't value life. We're willing to take it over some de minimis conflict about nothing in many cases. And it continues to impair the safety and security of our streets of our city. And in many cases, we're asking our police to do too much. And they don't have the assets to do it. Who do we have, Coleman? Let's go to Garrick on line one. Garrick, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hey, morning, Noel. How you doing, bud? Good, and you? I'm good. Uh, I want to say, um, I think obviously it was a horrible thing that happened. It was a terrible tragedy. And However, I'm hearing that he could get life, and I don't feel he should. I feel he should get a little bit more than the other ones, maybe 30 years, uh, and I'll explain why. I don't think he, in- I don't think he intended this. Obviously... When they went to carjacker, he didn't intend to kill her. And I don't think, I'm not sure, but I think his adre- they were going so fast and their adrenaline's gone so much. He, he, he hits her, he throws her out the car, and from what I understand, she was strapped to the, the seatbelt outside the car. I, don't, I think he thought she was just on the ground. I, don't, I have a feeling, I don't know for sure, but I don't think he knew he was dragging her. I think it was a horrible, horrible accident that he didn't intend to have happen. Um, so I don't know if that calls for life. Um, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but, uh, I don't, I mean, it was such a horrible thing. I'm not gonna be surprised if they give him life, but I have a feeling that he, he, their adrenaline's going so fast. He's just looking to get the hell out of there as fast as possible. He throws her out the car. She gets strapped to the seatbelt outside the car. The door's shut. I, I have a, I don't, I doubt he knew that she, he was dragging her and I'm not making excuses. I know how this people like you crazy but i don't think that he should go to jail for life i would i mean i would give him 30 i know the other one's got 20 because you know he beat her and he was significantly uh more at hand in the whole thing than the other ones but i just don't you know i don't think he should get life and that's what i hear he's probably gonna get just because of how horrible uh it happened but uh, like i said i'm not a lawyer but i don't think you know obviously if he intended to kill her, they'd have shot her maybe. Uh, but I just don't think there was any intent. And I, I feel like there needs to be that to, to give somebody life in prison, you know. So I'm just kind of wondering how you feel yeah, about Yeah, I kind of have a little different spin on it, Garrick. I mean, this individual pepper sprayed Miss Fricky. Uh, he punched Miss Fricky. Uh, 
obviously she's a lot older than he is, and he's a lot stronger than she is, a male on a female. And then he stomped on her face when she fell to the pavement. Um, right. You know, yeah, and obviously she gets tangled in the seatbelt, and witnesses said that it looked as though he was trying to scrape the side of the car on on telephone poles and stuff to, like, to, to knock her off of the automobile. Um, well, if that's the case, yeah, and, obviously. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and folks, witnesses ran uh, to her. I mean, you know, her arm was ripped off of her torso. Right. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. whether that whether that's what he intended specifically, no, I doubt that. I'm with you there, but uh, these were all his voluntary actions that he involved in, and, and Ms. Fricky ended up with um, the pathologist, forensic pathologist, said uh, fractured ribs, fractured vertebra, fr- uh, fractured collarbone, a torn aorta, and head injuries, any of which that she says could have killed uh, Ms. Fricky. Um yeah. You know, yeah, I understand the, the age of the the age of the defendant and people are saying, well, you know, but these were all choices that he made. Now, um, I think Miss Fricky's family said it best, um, you know, and I, I I think they that this individual needs to sit and and think about what went on for a long, long time. Um, I could tell you one thing for sure. If I were on that jury, hearing all of that that was there, I know where my vote would be. Uh, I understand, yeah. I'm like not, I said, uh, I'm not trying to be insensitive or, or, or otherwise, but I, I just think he placed no value on the life of Miss Fricky, so I'm not clear why anybody wants to place any value on his. I understand, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't know the specifics of what he knew and what he didn't, but if, like you said, if he actually did what you said, trying to, and he knew, if he knew she was there, yeah, give him life. But I just, yeah, the more I thought about it, I'm like, I just can't believe this kid knew she was there. I mean, knowing he's, he's, he's trying to card. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm more on the side. I just can't, I just can't believe yeah. that we have young kids that think this is okay. That oh, this well, is, obviously, yeah. I mean, this is the way that we should conduct that. ourselves in society. And that, that there's not going to be any uh, accountability for their actions. And that they can take a woman who's completely and totally innocent, who has been a productive member of society her entire life, gone in just one fleeting moment. I don't know. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So, yesterday I was talking about the fact that the New Orleans Police Department was struggling to find recruits after losing almost 300 officers in three years, according to a NOLA.com article written by John Zimmerman. And I said, one of the byproducts of this is that we needed to make sure that we were clicking on all cylinders in the remainder of the criminal justice system, because we knew that response times were not going to be where we want them to be. We also knew that clearance rates would not be where we want them to be because boots on the ground matter in the policing business. We refer to that as human capital. It matters. It doesn't matter how much technology has been deployed in law enforcement. Still, boots on the ground are what is necessary to deliver the quality of services that we want to see delivered. So it puts a lot of stress on the remainder of the criminal justice system to perform. And they need to perform. They need to be hitting the mark because every time we get our hands around a knucklehead criminal thug that is impairing our ability in our community to succeed, because they're leeches on society and we don't take advantage of that arrest in making sure that we have a successful prosecution and we can put them away, we lose. We lose every day. Well, the Metropolitan Crime Commission released a report of a gross failure and a loss. We've been losing for a while. From 2018 to 2022, Orleans Parish felony arrest, 1,285 fugitives with active warrants for failing to appear in court as of October 1st of 2023. Raphael Goinecci pointed out that this is a system failure. He's being polite. This is a disaster. Because the police, with their depleted human capital, boots on the ground matter, made these arrests. The prosecutors accepted the charges. And the defendant just didn't show up in court. And no one's actually looking for these guys. You have attempt murderers, you have rapists, you have violent sex offenders, you have robbers, batterers, assaults, felony domestic violence, weapons charges, and the list goes on and on, sex offenders. These are the worst of the worst. So we lost. Now, having said that, the DA was made aware of the fact that they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. They weren't taking care of business. 
Thankfully, he admitted it. You're right. Don't know how this fell through the cracks. Probably not that very important right now. They're committed to get back on track. They're committed to start forfeiting these bonds of these individuals that are out there so that other folks, namely bond agents, are going to start looking for these criminal thugs, the worst of the worst, in order to bring them back into the system and hopefully attain and achieve a successful prosecution. So think about whether if we took half of those, 600 or so, and we successfully prosecuted them, these are 600 impact players on our society. Do we really believe that while they're out, they're not committing any other crimes? I don't. I know better. I've studied the stats for years. But this is the classic example of what I was talking about yesterday. We cannot fumble the ball, to use the football analogy, ever. We have to maintain maintain control. The truth be told, we have control. These are things we control. What we do, what we set as priorities within the criminal justice system. This should have always been a priority. This is a crack in the door that we let folks walk right through for a number of years, and now we're up to 1,285 fugitives with active warrants. We need to figure out the strategy to go get them. Because a lot of the hard work has already been put in and has been wasted. We don't have that luxury in this city to waste success when we have them. We have to finish the game. We've got to finish the job. Because we know when we finish the job, we will have a safer community for having done so. Thankfully, the DA is set on that track. I would hope that there would be some public recognition of who these people are. Happy to share it right here on this show. If somebody wants to provide all of these names, we'll begin talking about them. Maybe we'll have a a premiere show once a week on who these most wanted individuals are that we can get off of our streets and get back into the system because a lot of the hard work has been done already. And we want to make sure that we leverage the hard work by the NOPD and others to get them through the criminal justice system and reach a successful prosecution, get them into the state incarceration system and out of our community, plain and simple. Now, a lot of people text me and say, oh, you know, you're very harsh. I've seen what these folks can do to the fabric of what everybody's working so hard. You know, when I talk to the NOLA Coalition segment every Tuesday, these are hardworking people trying to give people a chance, trying to make a difference. And then we let everybody down because we fumble the ball. I don't know about you, but it's like Sunday afternoons. I don't want to see any fumbles. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. On the text sign says, uh, 
Mr. Newell, please tell the Fricky family they did a great thing for their loved one. She will rest in peace, friends in Bayou Liberty. Thanks. God bless. They ought to be thanked. They, they stayed out front on this issue for their loved one, and they coalesced the community relative to this uh, act of violence, and justice has been served. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 